Hey, you made it to another episode of So What Page We On Bet. This is a bi-weekly tune into podcast for a great book. Good adulting advice and... Three real-ass friends making time for reading a relatable book. Because let's be honest, the new kids and grown folks don't read directions, books, or signs in life. Join us as we dissect chapters and breakdowns on what we relate to. I'm Casey. I'm Kiki. And I'm Shan. Now let's crack this bit open. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into today's episode of So What Page We On Bit Podcast, let me tell you about how we podcasting. We using something very easy, very free, and easy to use and distribute. We using Anchor.fm. Listen, if you're curious about starting a podcast, Anchor is a one-stop shop for all your pod needs. Easy distribution, easy hosting, 100% free. Kiki, Casey, and me can use this app all at the same time doing the same podcast. You can use it online on your computer. You can use it on the app, on Anchor, the app. It's purple. Scroll through, add the app on your phone or wherever you need to use it. You can use it on your tablet, on the go. Kiki might be in Texas, Casey might be in his business, I might be here with my kids, but we can all three use a podcast as a group, as a team. Anchor even gives you sponsorships and you can add more. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast today, go to anchor.fm slash start. Now let's get back into this book because the things that I read, honey, leg up. My first little pot rose. Oh. Yes, pot rose. It's always good the second oh, day. Oh, yes, I thought you were The second day is the best of that. Because it's like, oh, yeah, no. Um, won't be surprised if you have it for breakfast. So, um, guys, this is, this is episode six. This is the last episode. Final episode. Of, um, the law of human nature. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm over this freaking book. Um, uh, Kiki mentioned through text that she wanted to do... um, Kiki wanted this book, though. Well, no, I'm just saying, Kiki mentioned through text that she wanted to discuss manners. But people have good... (laughs) Why are you so important? You can't be oh, here. Hell. You can oh, say hi. Say hi. 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 Okay, you're here now. Bye. I can't see. Hi, Ari. I can't see her. I see Casey. Why you can't see her? Chantal, you gotta talk. You can't see her. You gotta switch your thing over, Kiki, to see everybody. Oh. Why she can't see? You see everybody? No, she can't. Um, well, well, now I just see Chantal. Hey, Ari. Hi. All right, like, we're well, not talking to blackness. All right, get. Close my door and get out. I'm recording. Yeah. You, you in violation. Get. You should lock it up. You know that bad. Well, I don't lock it. I push it up. She's just busting <laughs> Wait, <here>. what? <laughs> She's just busting here like, <laughs> Get. 
<laughs> like she the feds. But yeah, you wanted to talk about uh, manners. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know who pushed but that. But wait a minute, what was we initially discussing that made me bring that up? Um, I don't know. You texted me. You was like, "We need to do an episode on good manners or manners." Yeah, I don't remember. Let me go search in the text. Hold on. Listen, it's all the way up there. And that's what I hate about iPhone. Why the fuck can't you put in a word and it pull up the text? Oh, it was Casey. It was Casey because him and Drew was talking about the thank you and you're welcome part. Oh, yeah. It was before that, though. It was before that. I read the text. And that's when I brought it up. It was before I sent y'all like the um the picture of our uh, podcast stuff. Because I was like, some people um say you're welcome differently, and I said sometimes I know I'll say uh huh or mm hmm, but not in a sassy way. Well, what are your thoughts on manners and that? What did you want to discuss about manners? Uh, well, really, well, since we're on, on the topic of saying thank you and you're welcome, <laughs> I think that's what people's attitudes. Thank you. People's yeah. attitudes when they say, well, you're welcome or you thank you and how they say it, I think that's the blunt of. Right, because I was gonna say, in Casey's defense, it sounded like um, they sat him with a uh huh. I ain't, yeah. I ain't really want to do it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> right, and that uh huh could be. And I feel like it could be many things. It could be so like sometimes uh, I'll say uh huh too, but not in a sassy, you know, connotation way. Like nah, girl, mm-hmm. that was that was that was that was sassy. <laughs> Yeah, that that was my point on it. Like just saying, you know, or saying excuse me, or covering your fucking mouth when you're sneezing. Oh, listen, Arya do that. Sound like he came. That sound like that came from a hurtful place. (laughs) Some people don't. Some people don't do that when it's a whole pandemic going on outside. Girl, people don't do that anyway. So what right. do you think this is gonna make them do it any any different? Right. Like I don't understand this. Like I don't understand how people are saying like because this is the pandemic. Oh, people don't cover their mouth when they're coughing. People don't cover their mouth when they sneeze. These people wasn't doing that before. They right. wasn't doing that shit when they had when the flu was going rampant. They weren't doing that shit when the Ebola was going rampant. So what the fuck make you think? Cause of now, it's gonna be right. any different. Mm. People are nasty, period. Nasty as hell. People nasty and they ain't gonna do what the fuck they wanna do. Listen, I don't even like when my kids yeah. sneeze in my face. I feel threatened when they do it. Like, nigga, is you trying to take me out? And the only thing that's coming from this is that people are making money, making masks. And people are going to start wearing masks as a fashion now. Yeah. Mm. Louis Vuitton made a mask. I can go to me a Gucci one. <laughs> Louis Vuitton made a mask. 
New Balance made a mask. Um, because nobody's really doing all the buying of the season that they normally do. Nobody's buying Easter clothes that's out, all them suits out. Right. Nobody's buying um, shoes for events because events are out. Um, swimsuits, them shits is out. So I don't know. It's, it's crazy. You have to, um, every brand has to kind of reinvent themselves. And the thing with the, the mask is it's allowing businesses to stay open as being essential if they have a mask. So that's why a lot of those fashion brands are doing it because if they're not doing something that the public needs, then they have to close. Right. So some of them don't even want I wonder how much that mask is, like a thousand dollars. Well, my Gucci mask was twenty five dollars. And I wear that bitch too. Thank a lot. I want a Louis mask. That, I don't know how much that Louis Vuitton mask going for. Probably like six fifty. Nah, they know somebody who make them. So he making my he making my Gucci mask. It's the Gucci print with the flowers on it. Yeah. And he got the denim uh, Louis material. Okay. So he made the he makes the denim Louis mask too. Mm. And they like twenty five bucks too. I be feeling so like when I wear the mask, I be feeling so. Oh my god, I can't breathe. When I so when I get in the house, I be like, <gasps> it's so like constricting. I hate it. I hate things being up in yeah, my face. Yeah, I hate it too. I actually went to Hogan on Saturday, and um, I had a scarf on because I forgot my mask. And I felt, I felt like I was like so tense and tight and couldn't turn my head. It was just so uncomfortable. Annoying. I don't even wear one when I go out. I just be like, "Fuck it." Yeah, I get off eventually. I just be like, "Fuck it." And then my whole thing is like, y'all still, and I'm like, "Yeah, you could wear a mask, but you're still doing things that can expose you to the virus. You're mm -hmm. still." at the grocery store and you're picking things up and bringing it in your house mm -hmm. you're still you're still like ordering out food to eat and people are like bringing it to your house and they could be exposed to it like Listen, and then like the cooks could be exposed to it when a bitch wanted slutty vegan and they was delivering and i said lord i want that burger but i don't know who delivering it to my house so i will i will not so like that's my whole thing. It's like you're still getting exposed to it. I feel like it's just anything else. It's it's like every it's like any other disease or virus or ailment that's out there. You're gonna get exposed to it either way. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's like airborne, of course. I was burning sage in here the other day, and my throat was itching. I said, Jesus, let this be a sage. Girl, let me tell you something. I had a dream. I had a dream. I was back at work. And my sinuses was acting up, and I was coughing. And people were like looking at me like, "Oh, this bitch got the corona." I'm like, "No, it's not corona. It's my sinuses." And then I'm like, "You know what? I get 14 days off if I do test positive for corona." So I wrapped my hoodie around my head and I said, "Corona! Corona! I, I got corona in the home. Like, man, I'm 
I'm gonna go home for four days and lay up and get, and still get paid. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I called progressive today. About it. So I called progressive today to push back my payment, mm-hmm. even though I can pay it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have to pay it now if I don't need to. And because this is the start of my renewal, I can't move the due date. So I'm just like, fuck it, this going uh-huh. money. So she, the girl was like, is there anything else I can do? I said, well, thank you for working on Easter and working during this virus. She's like, girl, they got a 10-year working seven days a week. Um, yeah, I get to In work. In the office? No, she's like, yeah, I get to work from home, but like we have to be on the clock are still eight hours seven days a week and um it's just crazy and I was like girl so I started going to end on like you know I was working for State Farm girl (laughs) (laughs) so um but she was like well hopefully I'll I'll just work like a half a day and give them like some excuse why I can I was like well good luck to you it's not easy working from home. No, because you have to have another set really of like discipline for yourself. Yes. Yes. And it's really hard to like make sure you take a break or you stand up and then you be done sat there for eight hours and then your neck and your back and stuff is just so tense. And it's or you like really you just start doing like shit around the house. Hard. Or like you start doing shit around the house and then forget you're at work and then when you get back to yes. your home, you got all these emails, all these IMs, all these phone calls, like... I feel like I, I work twice as hard now than I did before. And nah, people are like, oh, you know, I want to work from home, but you have to be a whole type of discipline to be working from home. Yes, it's not easy. And it's not all it's freaking caked up to me either. Nah, I don't mind working from home, but I don't want to work from home every day. Yes, right. Mm. I agree. Well, oh shit! My window shuttering, y'all. It's gonna be a tornado. What? <laughs> Let me tell you about this wind and this breezes outside that I want to feel, but I don't know what's, what's in the air. About. So I'm scared to like open my door. About. I don't want to open my windows and let Corona in my house. So I'm just like, damn. But it looks like it feels so mm-hmm. good outside. Girl, if you open the door, you let Corona in your house. It was, right. It was it was like cool one morning. Today was like completely depressing because it was dark all day. Yeah. Um, I usually have my patio door open sometimes. Yeah, I leave my window open all the time. Just to get fresh air. But yeah. a lot of these windows don't have the fucking screen and I'd be damned if I let me a motherfucking Oh yeah. Yeah, see I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Even though my allergies fucked up, I still be letting the windows open. Oh, that pollen. That pollen is thick. Girl, this pollen is a beast this year. That pollen ain't no hole this year. Last year, that shit was a joke. The year before that, it wasn't no joke. The year before that, I was on an inhaler. I think, like, everything this year is going to be amped up. I feel sorry for those people that's going to be going through tornado season. People that's gonna be going through hurricane season, like you don't even want to be outside. So it's um tornado so. season in Texas right now. Mm. Okay, spring time, spring time, tornado season. Woo! 
Well, guys, we're going to go over chapters 15, 16, 17, and 18 for the taking. And we're going to be done with this book. I didn't finish reading, y'all. That's fine. We're going to get through this. <laughs> Why? That's fine. I finished listening to it yesterday. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to give them the juice of our new book. I just want to give them the title and give them time to get it at the end. Um, okay. And then next episode, we'll talk about the book. And then the episode after that, we'll read it. Okay. All right. So, chapter 15, The Law of Fickleness, page 438 to 472. That shit was just long for no reason to me. Um, right. What he talks about is changing often, um, your mind never being made up, being annoying with that, likely to change, fickle lover, you always with somebody new, or you over this and then you on to the next one. You never have like a break for you. You're always indecisive about mm. everything. I hate indecisive leaders. Mm-hmm. I hate people that you watching something and they want to flip to the fucking channel and watch three shows at the same time. Listen. I can't. I can't. Um, what else he talk about? That's basically it. That's all I got from it. Um, one of the quotes in that chapter that I liked is when he said, the sense of entitlement is a curse. And I agree. Yeah, white people are cursed. <laughs> <laughs> they really are, though. <laughs> you know what I feel it is? I feel like they really haven't really gone through anything traumatic and um, where they lost tons of people. To where they they can't humble themselves because they don't know what that is to be humble. They always out to take something from somebody, get something, and they think that's the way of living, and it's not. Because Mm -hmm. if you think about it, every every other culture has gone through something and lost tons of people, and they know how to humble themselves. With that, no. I think, I think. Well, I got my own theories on that, so. <laughs> um, any, I just any... feel like white people sold their souls to the devil a long time ago. Yeah. And they're not God's people. So. Period. That's my take on not, it. You mean not they're, even the ones in the paintings and the portraits? No. Mm-mm. They're just, they just belong to, um, I'm telling you, if this world ends, they are going to be the, 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 ooh, I don't know what God going to do. Of course not all of them. Of course I'm not saying all of them, but I just feel like a lot of them, like, back in the days, like, sold their souls to the devil. But then we also have to realize the kind of white people that came here to the United States were, like, beggars and criminals from Europe. Mm-hmm. So they never had shit in the first place. And like my mom used to always say, you never had shit, you don't appreciate shit. Yeah. And they're the only race that like has to be in control of something. 
Like they want to just be in control. I was listening to this podcast and they were saying how uh, she was talking to a group of different people about culture and she talked to like uh, Indians about culture, black people about culture, uh, Hispanics um, about culture. And then she got to white people at the end on purpose and she asked them about their culture and they didn't have shit to say. Now I'm like, nigga, because their their culture is taking everybody else's shit. They don't and, have anything. Yeah. Like, what is American culture? Parasites. Hamburgers. <laughs> Processed food. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know. It's, it's so many things that I could make it a thing. All right, let's get to the next chapter. Um, <laughs> chapter topic, right? Chapter sixteen. <laughs> so let me say, let me say, uh, just some white people all night long. <laughs> <laughs> chapter sixteen: The Law of Aggression. And I've been drinking too. Oh God! <laughs> the Law of Aggression. Um, did you all get anything out of that? All right, I'm finna sit here and be completely honest. I listened to chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 on the audio, and I cannot remember shit that they were fucking talking about because the shit was so dumb. Okay. So, um, the law of aggression is just talking about hostility, narcissistic uh, relationships, people with personality disorders, people that need to be forceful for attention or have retaliation and um, mood changers and shifters. But I feel like half of the shit that he talked about was stuff that he already talked about in previous chapters. Exactly. So he, yeah. I feel like a lot of it, he was just drawn out to have more chapters for the sake of having it. Because but, he could have put also, all of that. What I, yeah. But also, like, what I got from this chapter, like, I always try to figure out ways to make it relate to my life. So I can continue reading. <laughs> but, but when he was talking about the um, personality stuff, I just thought about how people don't like to own up or take accountability for anything. They were the put the like put their faults and mistakes on you, and that's what I got from that chapter—a small piece of it. Yeah, um, he was talking about be able to see hostility behind behind people fake and friendly. Listen, mm-hmm. I always be peeping. <laughs> Just yeah. like nigga, that thank yeah, you wasn't cool. a thank you. That thank you was like, give me that shit. <laughs> right. I just think like with the book, me personally, I kind of correlated it with my old manager that I used to work with. Mm-hmm. And how she was very passive aggressive. Very she took everything personal. Like, if you were talking about the company, if you were talking about something, it was like you were talking about her. Yeah. It's like, I'm not talking about you. And then she was always like, oh, I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. But then when something comes up, and then when something comes up, she was like, oh, yeah. So um, I'm going to have to give you this right up. And I'm like, but we never talked about it. She was like, no, we did briefly. 
I remember having that conversation with your bitch. No, we talked about it, remember? No? Oh. Well, here's the write-up anyway. Bitch. That's why when you have a correct write-up about something and you talk to an employee, you have the right and date that you talk to them, nigga. Right. Mm-hmm. You document the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter 17, The Law of Generational Generational Myopia. I didn't First get to all, this chapter. First of all, I had to look up what the fuck that was because I thought he made up a word. Oh. But it's an actual Ooh, thing. Mr. Robert Green in this book. He is ugly. What'd you say? Hmm? I said there's a picture of Robert Green in this book and this nigga is ugly. Yeah, I saw that in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. He, he, you know what? He was like, like a time lesson. He, he like he's been through something. That's probably why he wrote this damn book. Oh my god. Um, I feel like all child molesters have those thick frame glasses and those big teeth. He <sighs> does look weird, and like his skin is real clammy, and he's sweaty all the time. Ooh, sweaty hands. Um, what it means is short sightedness of what's going on. And the uh, mm-hmm. chapter talks about seizing moments you get now instead of like avoiding them or talking yourself out of the opportunity. Um, yeah. He talked about the first generation against the old order and um, how they want to bring freshness. The second generation wants to form a order. The third generation of shit um, have less ideas, um, more of making things tangible now. And then he talked about a fourth generation that um, have thoughts on values that are wrong. A blur. The whole chapter was a blur for me because I was like, what does this have to do with anything? So that was chapter 17. Any. Um, one here and not the other. Any useful information that I can use. Um, chapter 18, The Law of Death Denial. Death this, Denial? Yeah. I should have read this chapter. Right. Now, this is like, yeah, there's a lot of people struggling with this shit. It's, um, yeah, I got, about, I got into that. I got into that chapter. Not preparing for it um, leaves us with a sense of always having time or not living in our purpose. Now, during this fucking uh, quarantine, yeah, like, I'm sure deep. there's a lot of people now that felt like they, they always had time to do X, Y, and Z, and now all you got is time, and you see the people that really want to do the shit they've been talking about and the people that just talk. Um... I think when you when you work and you do things to maintain uh, a constant hamster roll of shit, you lose like the sense of urgency to do the things that you want or the things you know you need to. Um, people put shit off, uh, not owning your deadlines for things, uh, rushing to get married, rushing to have kids. 
rushing to make big decisions. Uh, yesterday, you said tomorrow type shit. That's what I got out of that chapter. What y'all got? Kiki. Um, I, I mean, I, I also feel like a big mistake that we make, or, or at least myself, is like always thinking that I have time. Or, or I have time to do this, or oh, it's always tomorrow, or oh, it's always next week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a mis- um, what I can get from the title of that chapter is that you know, you know, like you really don't know how much time you have. So death or anything shouldn't be taken for granted, you know, or time. Hence, while people um, <clears throat> most black folk you know live in an environment or live a life where death is high but they don't prepare for that shit so nobody got no life insurance mm-hmm. so nobody know right. what this person wants to do with their kids so nobody know where <clears throat> or who's con- in control of the house or their finances or anything nobody don't have that set up mm-hmm. um, nope. the thing the thing i'm worried about a lot in, in that culture of people is with our older folks, our parents and grandparents leaving us is left to like people in their 40s and 30s. Is there a conversation going on or action being done to make having life insurance, having a will, having um, some type of finances set aside if something happens or your children know where the go-to shit is just in case something happens to you. Is that conversation happening? Because most people I know don't have grandparents anymore and they don't have both parents. Mm-mm, I don't think it's happening. I mean, like, for example, I was seeing um, how the mayor said that African Americans like, are now, you know, really prone to the coronavirus and they're dying at a higher rate than any other rate. And, and I said, well, why do you think that is? Like most of African Americans don't have, you know, health insurance or life insurance. That's not even that. A lot of African Americans, we already have pre-existing conditions. Like we already have high blood pressure. We already smoke cigarettes. Like we, we drink and we smoke all the time. Yeah. And, and, so our and immune systems and respiratory systems that, are already fucked. They don't go and get like checked out or go see a doctor in regards to those pre-existing conditions. Yeah, a lot of a lot of men think it's very taboo to go to the doctor. Why would I go to the doctor for them to tell me something I don't want to hear? Nigga, wait. Oh, right, or I feel fine, so why should I go? Just because you feel fine don't, don't mean that you don't have anything. Because uh, a lot of times you also got to think about it. It's a double-edged sword, and we see it with our parents and, like, our grandparents. Like, they go to the doctor. They depend on the doctor for everything. But the thing is, like, that we'll see that the doctor is pumping them full of all these different medications. Mm-hmm. And then it's and then it's one counteracting with the other one. And then they're like, and then I know the doctors here in Georgia ain't shit. Because no. when I will go for my foot, or like my mom will go, the doctor will treat that one thing that you came in for, but not taking consider your past, not taking consideration your past history, what else you're seeing another doctor for. Or your diet. Right, they're just like, oh, what are you here for? Oh, you got a cold? Yeah, that sounds like a cold. Here's a prescription for cold medicine. Mm-hmm. It's not but like, I mean, oh, okay, you have uh, you have cold symptoms. 
Well, what have you been doing lately? What like uh, what what else are, are you on any other medication? Or what's your previous medical history? Like they're not asking shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not asking, and, and, and they're not also giving you recommendations. Like in my example, like like just from being pregnant and sick, it's like you want to tell me to go take a medicine that costs seven hundred dollars, then saying, oh well, well, you should try to um, drink some ginger or lemon, or eat more of this, and you won't feel X, Y, and Z. Right. Well, that's the thing. Doctors are so against you taking a holistic way of treating yourself where they feel like, oh, you need yeah, drugs. They make stop, money. stop taking this, these herbs. Stop um, thinking tea is going to help it. Um, you need to do more than eating. No. When I was pregnant and my iron was low, my doctor was like, you need to eat a, a steak a week. I steak a week, but to a lot of people, that's normal for them to have a lot of red meat in their uh, diet. Bless you, a lot of red meat in their diet and do all these things. I'm just like, no. There's a healthier way to get iron, and I'm not gonna. But you can also eat some kale and spinach and some high iron leafy greens. He ain't say none of that, and that's. (laughs) the issue in the culture and why for black people we are more prone to get this virus is because our environment has all the nasty foods that we don't need. The bodegas don't have fresh salad. Most of the food in the bodegas is stale or if it's not stale and you're not getting it off the shelf, you'll have him cook you something on a grill that's probably not clean cheese a processed meat uh processed bread like it's nothing healthy around and then they really don't want anybody going anywhere you can't go into the city and go to a particular place to get something healthy to eat our grocery stores don't have the healthiest shit i i'm i'm struggling to understand why the fuck piggly wigglies are still open because when you go into a piggly wiggly it stinks and it's so dirty in there but people still shop in that store because that's all that's in their communities not everybody drives not everybody you know has the funds to keep taking the bus to go everywhere they need to go or the train so people are going to go to what's available to them all the healthy foods sometimes are not available to you stores grocery stores are done in a demographic way where okay we think people in this area are going to eat this and not eat this so we're not even going to provide them the option to choose in the grocery store we're just not going to put it there so when you go to kroger in midtown it's completely different from the kroger that's on metropolitan absolutely Mm Absolutely. It is so much more cleaner. The fruit is fresher. The lettuce ain't all brown and dirty. Like it's been sitting there for 14 days or more. Right. No, and then they got the hour where you can get like organic shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like or like more vegan options. Yeah, when I was um when the I went to the Kroger on Metropolitan in Atlanta, there was only three half aisle sections of organic food. When you go to the Kroger in Midtown off of um, it's a whole Road, side. it's a whole fucking 
store. It's only like six aisles of regular processed food in that store. Right. So when, when people live like that, it's kind of like, of course they eat unhealthy. And then a lot of the kids, their parents are working 12-hour shifts, so they're not home to cook for them. They can't cook for themselves because they weren't taught. So they go for the quickest food, McDonald's, um, Burger mm -hmm. King, uh, the Chinese food spot, the pizza spot. So, of course, they're unhealthy, and, and probably they smoke cigarettes. Or they, um, right, and also, you know, I know the parents ain't got no money, so when they're leaving money for food, they're only leaving a certain amount. Yeah, and the right. way you can get, and where you can get like the cheapest food from and get full is what McDonald's, Burger King, mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah, you can get 20 sandwiches for $20. So, I remember when Wendy's, I remember when Wendy's had a salad bar. I don't remember that. shit. <laughs> I never ate it, I don't either. Uh -uh. I remember when Wendy's had a salad bar, and that shit was like, if you were gonna go to, and if you were gonna get fast food, Wendy's was like top tier, mm. and you only mm. had Wendy's like maybe like once a month, because mm. mm. all this shit was so fresh and expensive. And it was the same thing with McDonald's. I think what fucked McDonald's up was when they started selling them twenty nine cent hamburgers and thirty nine cent cheeseburgers. And see, that's, that's, back, that's back in the day when I was so. Cheese. I was so uneducated. I used to eat, eat at McDonald's faithfully. Like every morning, I would have a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle, like two of them. What? And you I, know, I, I thought calories that, I thought, are in just the, the pancake on top. Listen, listen, but I thought that I was eating healthy because, you know, I had pancakes, I had meat, I had eggs, I had yeah. cheese, and I had a sweet tea to go with it on top of that. So I thought that I was eating healthy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that that one egg is like you smoking a pack of cigarettes as far as like your cholesterol mm -hmm. until I was like what yeah. 20 28 and when you yeah, think about it my mom yeah my mom made eggs sausage um grits a lot of butter every morning for us but but you have to think, what is the actual egg though? It's a chicken's basically period. Well, basically. thanks, Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's not it, lying. It kind of makes sense as to why it would be so unhealthy or filled with all this cholesterol. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just hopefully you, you can still eat eggs, but I'm gonna still eat eggs. But you just have to like limit your intake on it. <laughs> I don't like no shit. <laughs> Boy, you know what? He like when I'm ovulating. He be taking my eggs. This is new king. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Um. That was chapter eighteen in a nutshell. Um. When I think about near death thoughts. When uh, he was um talking about certain things, when me and Kiki went skydiving. And um, <laughs> my exes called me and it was like, why are you doing this? And uh, why would you want to do this? You don't have to go. Like, who are y'all? I'm just like, y'all so paranoid. Y'all so paranoid. That when me and Chantal was driving in the car on the way tomorrow, Jason was blowing her phone up. Like, he was calling her from Google, from Google phone numbers. 
And I said, what the hell? And, and Chantal would not answer the phone. I said, girl, he's going to find us. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you have to get to a point where you're in control about what you want your ending to be and what you, um, how you want to live. And when you live, when you live in no fear, it can be a pro and a con because you're willing to do whatever you feel when you feel it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, if you don't balance that shit out, you might do some shit that you don't come back from. Um, but when you're parenting, I can tell you that it's all about planning and preparation. Like I have to write down if something happens to me, who gets the kids? Where are their documents? Where is this? What are their accounts? What stocks they got under their names? It has to be written down somewhere because I don't, I'm not married, so I don't have nobody I'm sharing that with. But for them, I have to make sure that that's set up. And what everybody could benefit from is having something set up in place in case some shit goes down. Because this corona shit, people dying left and right, young and old, and ain't got nothing set up. Kids. I need to know why. I need to know the real reason why they died. That too, because they're purposely um, making doctors say that it's corona, where I don't think it's corona. I think it's them giving them shit to make the virus worse once they're in the hospital. But don't take that from me. It just seems. I don't from where they getting these, these these numbers from. Because I, I, I was talking to Anya's um, dad last night, and he said his friend went in the hospital Monday with the coronavirus, and he was like, he was like, listen, he was like, he's very healthy. He might do some risky things like fucking bitches raw with no condom, but he's very healthy, and he went in there, and he died. He died today. I talked to him this morning, like, at 3 a.m. He was like, he got a new, a new baby girl. His 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 child's mom, his he lived with his parents, like I'm just like, yo. If you see hood niggas walking around Philly with masks on, stay your ass at home by yourself. Right. So um I, I just feel like it's reminiscent to the AIDS pandemic of like the eighties and nineties, only because of the fact when they when the people had HIV and AIDS, they didn't have a medicine to treat it. So what they did was give them old chemo, old chemo medicine for but patients that had cancer. They were, they were giving them chemo pills. But aren't they doing that now though? Like, aren't they using like old HIV medicine to treat the to treat the COVID nineteen? I don't know what they're using. That I don't know. I thought I saw that on the news or like 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 they was like giving them like antibodies that they would give HIV patients to treat the corona. Now I know they were doing that. They were giving old people. They were giving people like old HIV medicine for like prep. Mm -hmm. But like all all HIV medicine now has traces of like traces of like the old medicine in it. So it still has traces of like radiation shit in it. Mm. That was it. Stay home, man. After fifteenth uh, through eighteenth, this book is done. It was long winded. It was like your grandfather saying Thanksgiving prayer, and the food is getting cold. Sir, you could have wrapped this shit up. 
Legit, the book was done by chapter eight, but this shit just kept on going and going and going. <laughs> that man doubled up. Um, right. Uh, my other book came, y'all, too. The one that Which I pulled out. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So. You started reading it yet? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I want to talk but, about um, the new book. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the new book. A polished so, hoe. So our new book is called The Polished Hoe by Austin Clark. It's a novel, so it has no chapters. So um, we're going to have to be creative about where we're going to start and stop. Um, I think we have about like eight episodes for this book. How I broke it okay. down. And uh, hopefully it'll be very, like, intriguing and um, a page-turner, I hope. I hope so. From what I, from what I skimmed through, I'm going to be reading this in character voice. Ooh, that sounds fun. So it's very, like, southern and um, country. So um, it should be an interesting read. I can tell by the motherfucking names that it's going to be country. Mary Marthalita is the main character. Well, I like country. I'm excited. It says, one of the most respected women of the island of Bimshire, also known as the Barbados, calls the police to confess a crime. The result is a shattering all night. Um, It looks looks juicy. It looks like the tea. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I was hoping it was gonna be. So I think I think we're really gonna like this book. I think the listeners are gonna like this book. It's called The Polish Ho by Austin Clark. I ordered mine from Amazon for like five dollars, I think. Yeah, I got mine on Amazon too. I did too. So um I don't know how much it was, but it wasn't no five dollars. I I'll tell you that much. <laughs> order order your book. I wanna say it was more than five but less than ten. Right. Order your book if you want to follow along. You clearly can't go to the motherfucking library because it's closed. Um, so that's something for y'all to do during this quarantine. Keep your mind off of shit you can't do nothing about. Control the controllables. Okay? Right. Thanks. Um, but and use this time to rest, hell. Yeah. When I t- don't talk to me. Every time I, I get on. Thank you for listening to So What Page Beyond Bed. This is Shan. Kiki thanks you. Casey, thank you. We will be back in a couple of weeks. Read your books, people, because reading is going to keep you sane from the crazy people that surround you in public, in the workplace, in your house. Um, we will be back. Read your books. Uh, do your woosahs and get back to us in one piece. Thank you for listening to So What Page Beyond Bed podcast. Please Google us. Please follow us. Please like us. Please leave a comment. Thanks. Boop.